Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, good morning and welcome to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick from the law firm of Gregorick & Associates. And I'm here this morning, live and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the studio with Ted Hanson. Good morning, Ted. Top of the morning to you, Richard. Oh, my goodness. He's even a bit green around the gills. There we go. <laughs> I had to let that out. Yeah, good morning, Everybody. Ted. You always brighten my day. Well, somebody's got to, Rick. Somebody's got to do this. Are we going to talk me. about green beer today? Oh, or, yeah. Or maybe when your estate planning has green growing on it, <laughs> maybe it's go. time to update that estate there plan, get go. a new shamrock or go. two. And One thing you don't want to leave to luck, Rick, is your estate planning. Isn't that right? That's right. So, uh, so Tam O'Shanter or whoever is going to – The little shamrock goes out the way and uh, do, do, do it right. That's what we say. Okay. Well, happy St. Patty's Day to everybody and uh, – all the other fun stuff that goes on in the world. So let's bring it down local. Let's bring it down to you, us, because, golly, there's all these statistics out there, Ted, and they're so daunting. And, you know, three out of four of us or six out of ten or seven out of ten, pick which number you want, but we're going to end up having some level of disability to deal with. And we're going to all have to figure out what that means and how are we going to deal with it because there's an awful lot that's happening. I, You know, over the weekend I was just – had some time and, you know, researching and reading and, golly, Ted, the next 20 years, there's an awful lot of old people, you know, we're just kind of coming in this big wave and uh, I'm, over I'm, the next 20 I'm years. I'm one of them. We be, we be, <laughs> yes. We and, is all old. As I and so it's, uh, you know, it's putting a great strain on society and it's, uh, you know, it's very interesting from our, you know, demographics between the, let's say, the millennials and the boomers. The two really big populations are going to be competing over the next 20, 25 years yeah. um, with a lot of, uh, let's call it, scarce resources at uh, all kinds of levels. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to, you know, kind of talk about today, Ted, is this, this some of the common issues that we see on a near daily basis in our practice and I think mostly attorneys across the land are seeing this. But we've seen people's estates kind of migrate into several camps. Now, yes, there are those with lots and lots and lots and lots of money. Okay, you all know who you are and you know you need to come in and you know you need to do your tax planning, your asset protection planning, and all those types of things. But then there's the rest of us and that, you know, don't have more money than you know what to do with. And you kind of, you know, count your count your money and your budget and your plan. And the two things that were kind of interesting, Ted, is historically for the average Joe and Jane out there, their house, their primary residence has been a key asset. And so as we would, you know, get up in years and things like that, the home oftentimes was a 
something that we really had to key in on from a planning perspective. Maybe it was an older home with lots of stairs, yep. and it was everybody's principal asset. It, you know, just and it was, it was, but it was the most of the, it was their finances. It was their net worth, and of course, how do I protect the home? And of course, from the government, and out of this arose a lot of bad behavior um, from you folks because of lack of understanding how the law works when we're talking about running out of money and we may need um, skilled nursing home care, adult family home, assisted living, something you know, outside the home or for those who can afford it, bringing home care into the home. Um, that can be very beneficial in the early stages when you don't need a whole lot of help. Um, having someone come in you know, from the outside to give you some help is pretty uh, cost-effective. Yep. But boy, as you need more and more yeah, help, yeah. if it gets it's into 24 hours, yeah. it's, it's just not realistic yeah. for the vast majority of folks. Yeah, I mean, the reality of that, Rick, is that uh, you know, 24-hour home care can be $30,000, $40,000 a month as opposed to you know, seven, $8,000 in some adult. It almost sounds home. like a nursing home's a bargain, which is, you yeah. know, that's a little but tongue that's in cheek. that's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. And I, we have clients that, you know, they, they swear that they're never leaving their home and they'll pay whatever it takes to get there. I, I would venture to say that perhaps that's not everybody's option, but... Uh, well, it's not realistic. It, and it, it, it and, and yeah. we all need to look at reality when we get to this. Yeah. If you have an estate of a couple hundred thousand dollars and that happens to be tied up in your house and you fall prey to disability and you need government assistance, um, you know, that's just the way it's going to be, and you're going to have to deal with that house. And so what we want to do is get you folks thinking about this stuff sooner, sooner. Don't wait until there is that event, whatever that event is, whether it's some, you know, your husband or your dad or somebody having a stroke or the Alzheimer is now getting to the point where, well, you know, it's not been so bad lately, but now he doesn't remember my name anymore. Well, when you get that early diagnosis, that's when we need to talk. We may still have an opportunity. I always say that last bite at the apple. Let's look at the estate plan. Because most people, when they have early diagnosis on cognitive issues, are still doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so we need to make sure we're taking advantage of that initial period because in all the dementia areas and, you know, just as a... I'm not the doctor, of course, I'm the lawyer, but my observations over the years have been the diminished capacity from cognitive things is somewhat, you know, I just analogize it to the dimming of a light bulb. It's hard to see it going dim at first, you know, and it's kind of halfway through its life and it's still doing pretty well, but it eventually dims and then someplace down the line, it's getting very dark and dreary and then finally the light goes out. And that, you know, to me, is kind of Alzheimer's that we know the average light bulb lasts X number of hours according to how much we pay for it, right? We get a 750-hour bulb or whatever. We don't get that specificity coming with us. So we don't know what this – what is this? The time frame, yeah, right. the stages, it's all different. Alzheimer's is, is, is strange in this respect also in that uh, the, the average uh, – lifespan of somebody that has this disease is about 12 years typically, but we see this happening a lot sooner in many, many cases. And I also want to point out, Rick, that we don't we, – we tend to think of disability with the elderly and we want to probably make a point to get people off of that thought pattern because disability is is an equal opportunity, Vic, you know uh, – 
you know, it, it happens to people of all ages. You know, that's the point here, young and old. And it's hard to talk to younger people about disability because they just don't have the mindset to consider it like we do in our practice. But it's not just well, to it, the it's not the natural thing. Right. And we have a situation that I'm probably not going to talk about on the air right now. But you know, in our family, that you know, there's been a serious accident with a young fella, and uh, everybody's just kind of waiting to see what happens because you know, it's we don't know. Yep. And that un- that not knowing is very difficult. But, Ted, you're absolutely right that people need to think about planning early. And really, folks, you know, if you have a child that's uh, off to college, uh, they're a grown-up. They're over 18. You need to talk to them about having an estate plan put together, um, mostly for financial management if something was to happen to them, but their medical care. And just setting up networks for communications when these things happen because – it's just very, very difficult, um, especially if you have a child that's traveling for college, they're away abroad, and they do have a medical event of some sort or an accident. Yeah, that's the um, hard way to find out. This is, you know, we really, folks, you need to think about this and not say it's not going to happen to me. I mean, my question is, well, why not you? I mean, <laughs> yeah, why are you it, exempt? It, yeah. It's all of us. We, we, yeah. None of us have that uh, little um, Krypton key that says, ah, not me. Yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't matter. Our wealth doesn't matter. We can be the star athlete. We can be the, you know, the best academic at school. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's indiscriminate when we get into accidents and illnesses and things of that nature. But some pre-thought and pre-planning. And we really look at this. And so, folks, as, you know, as we do age, though, we start to think about this stuff more. Not often enough, but thinking about what should I be doing? What if this happens to me? And many of you seem to suffer from what I call planning paralysis. And it's because you don't have easy answers to your questions. You're going, well, what if, if this happens to me, you become, well, gee, I'm not sure what to do. And therefore, you end up doing nothing, That's right. which is probably not what you want That's to right. be That's doing. A, it's more common than not, frankly, that people just don't have family or they don't have friends nearby or they simply are estranged from their family. And you know, we talk them through that, and the answer to that, folks, is there are independent professional fiduciaries that can step into those roles and take care of those kind of gaps in your plan, if you will. But don't let that stop you from doing your planning just because you don't have uh, a person that you know or, or trust that you would uh, so, give those roles. So, Ted, what I want to talk a little bit about, you know, as we go through the show today is kind of this backdrop of how important the family home is, how to best deal with that asset as we go through life, and if we do have a disability or things like that, are there ways that we can legitimately um, protect our homemaking? Because what we really want to do is make sure we have a roof over our head. I mean, that's really the basic thing that all of us want to have. And then I think when we talk to most people, um, they want to leave a legacy of some sort behind. And of course, folks, remember, a legacy is not just money. In fact, most of the legacy you will leave will not be about money. Um, It'll be about your behavior towards money, perhaps, or things along those lines. And the other asset that I want to talk about today as we go through the show is IRA assets because, you know, retirement assets. These assets are becoming more and more frequent for people to have in their estates. And so we usually what we're seeing an awful lot of is the estates comprised of the family home and then the 401k from the employer that's going to get rolled over to the IRA. And those are our two buckets of wealth, which are great buckets. However, each of them has unique planning opportunities and some pitfalls and some gotchas and don't do that. Um, be careful. Caveats. There are uh, 
a myriad of things we want to look for, especially in the IRA planning arena. And we want to, uh, we've talked about this before in the show, but I kind of want to wrap this into what about special needs if I have an IRA? Do I need to disinherit my child or my grandchild? And the answer is no, but we'll get into why and how. So this is this is technical stuff, but it has great opportunities for so many of you that are listening. And uh, that's what we want to uh, kind of focus in on is so you know your options and your opportunities and are able to act appropriately on those. We're going to take a quick break, and we'd love to chat with you this morning, your partner-in-law. We are live in studio, and we are waiting for your calls. we got Brian. He's got the phone lines. He's popping them open right now at 888-973-5476. Look at him go in there pushing his buttons. 888-973-5476, your partner-in-law. We'll be right back. I have to tell you, what a relief for my wife and me when we got signed up for long-term care coverage. The more I learned about the fact that nearly three out of four of us will need some form of long-term care in our retirement, there are so many issues at play. For some people, they can't afford it and they become a burden on their friends and family. For others, you do have money set aside, but it wipes out everything that you've saved. And maybe most importantly, it's about having a plan so that all your children have to do is carry out your wishes. It's not a burden on them. And that's why I love the advice we got from Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. We started by going to one of Brian's free classes, and that's what I recommend you do to find out about all the different plans they offer. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's John Curley, and I'm here with Rick Gregorick, host of Your Partner in Law. You're listening to it right now. And Rick, after attending a few of your events, while well, I was just so impressed with how much I learned and the detail and the importance of all the information that you provide. Well, you know, John, thank you very much for that. You know exactly why we do this. We've talked a lot about it. My own personal experiences really put me into this business. And what I've learned over the years is through proper education, developing the proper life plan for you is absolutely crucial, regardless of your wealth or lack thereof. You need to have a life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your assets in the event of your disability or following your death. You absolutely do, Rick. And hey, if you're interested in attending one of Rick's events, go to your partner in law.com or just schedule a complimentary consultation with Rick and he'll take the time to go through everything with you and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner-in-Law with Rick Gregorick. 
on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Well, top of the morning to you, Ted. Uh, top of the morning to you, Richard. There we go. Aerosmith for us this morning. All right, there's about that's about <laughs> it for me and my accent. So, uh, welcome back to your partner in law, folks. I'm Attorney Rick Gregorick, and I'm here with Attorney Ted Hansen. And of course, we're from Gregorick and Associates, and we would love to uh, have a chat with you at our office and help you out with any of your legal questions. And that today we wanted to kind of focus on two of the key assets that so many of you have, and that is your primary residence and some of the unique things that we need to consider about our home because we always want a roof over our head and maybe a little legacy, so someplace for the kids or whatever. We've all got the dreams. We know about mom and dad and grandma and grandpa wanting to dream about passing the house along. Very important from a financial standpoint in our state, but equally as important from an emotional standpoint. And I think we have to, like in all walks of life, deal with the emotions of the estate planning area. We know that emotions and investing is a bad thing. And emotions and estate planning can be a bad thing, too. We need to have some objectivity in looking at our planning. And then we also wanted to integrate into the other most important asset that so many of you have that requires special planning purposes are your IRA accounts. So, Ted, on the house. So your typical client or atypical client that might be coming in to see you, they're you know, let's say it's a it's a married couple and they have a house and a small bank account and it looks like there's a high potential that they may in the future need some government assistance perhaps for any type of ensuing disability that might happen. So in dealing with the house, what are some of the options? And, and folks, these are just options and Please, you know, just like we see the race drivers on television and it says closed course, professional driver, don't try this at home. On some of these techniques and certain things that we talk about, they sound simple. But folks, you're on the radio. (laughs) They sound simple. I want to, you know, encourage you to seek out professional advice um, from a qualified attorney before you would implement any of the strategies that we talk about here because the least little mistake can yep. be ruinous. It can. And and when we're talking about in the Medicaid context in particular, what I hear from people all the time, and this is uh, essentially I'll call it misinformation, is that if I go on Medicaid that the government will take my house. Well, that's not entirely true. How, how that generally works in a, in a, in a common sense uh, is that uh, Medicaid has a right in this state to uh, do what they call a state recovery on assets that are in your estate up to the amount of money that's been paid on your behalf after age 55. So there are several planning techniques for houses. Uh, in particular, one of the most common ones is to get the home out of the name and the of the ill spouse and into the name of the well spouse. That effectively takes it out of the estate of the ill person so there's nothing to recover from. Uh, but there are also a lot of other issues with the house. Uh, for example, do we uh, do we want to continue living there? Is that money better used to liquidate the house and provide 
funds for ongoing care? Is there some type of gift and annuity strategy that can be implemented? So there's many, many techniques, far more than we can ever discuss on a radio program. But the point is, is that people uh, have the opinion that by giving away the house, that that would protect it from the government taking it. And that really couldn't be further from the truth. That That's the biggest mistake. I, 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 you know, Ted, uh, in you know the last over almost two decades now of doing this, and uh, if I had to say what was one of the single biggest common mistakes that is routinely made day in and day out, it would be the inappropriate transfer of ownership of a parent's house, mom and dad's house, to one or more of the children without seeking legal advice and only to find out that that act actually disqualified mom or dad for government assistance for a very long period of time. That's right. And and, and it can subject them to legal action as well. It it can. And and that's the issue because Medicaid considers that a gift. And if it's done within the last five years, that gift's going to be penalized. And that penalty is... Uh, generally for every 10, roughly every $10,000 buys you a month of penalty. So you can imagine a gift of a half a million dollars or so. Not to mention, Rick, the fact that when you gift property, particularly property with low basis, you've just given a gift with that low basis. And so the person that you give it to is now going to have to face the capital gains taxes on that property. So you really haven't done anybody any favors by doing what you've done. So you know, there are right in this arena. and wrong ways to do yeah. things. And yeah. that, that's really in this area, what seems right, what feels good to you, what comes natural yeah. is usually wrong. Yeah. That, unfortunately, <laughs> that's Unfortunately, true. it's usually wrong. True. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then your call's at 888-973-5476. Are you thinking about gifting your house to your kids? Or kids, did you have a great idea that mom ought to gift the house to you? Give us a call. We'd love to chat with you about the pros and cons of that. We'll be right back. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. This is Michael Medved. Financial experts will tell you that you should have a plan in place for the high cost of long-term care. If your plan consists of using your savings to pay for any long-term care needs in the future, then take a moment to contact Contact 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. They will show you how to set up an asset-based plan using a portion of your existing
interesting savings. Now, this way you maintain control of your money and you're guaranteed to get your money back even if you don't need long-term care. For every dollar you put in today, 525 Advisors will show you how to get 3 to $4 back in tax-free long-term care protection. Call 525 Advisors today to learn how you can put a portion of your savings to work and protect your family and the rest of your assets from the high cost of long-term care. Call today at 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188 at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's John Curley, and I'm here with Rick Gregorick. Rick, after attending a few of your events, one of the things that really stood out to me is how proper planning can really give you and your family and loved ones peace of mind. It really does, John. At Gregorick & Associates, we are a planning firm, and my personal life experiences are what led me into estate and elder law planning. I've learned that through education, individuals and families can significantly reduce their risk and anxieties. We all face the likelihood of disability during our lives. A proper legal life plan can give you control of your care and the management of your financial affairs, and most of all, peace of mind. Absolutely. The peace of mind, knowing that everything has been taken care of, is just so important. Schedule a complimentary consultation with Rick. He'll take the time to go through everything with you and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregg. That's some big music for Sunday morning. A little rush going on. All right. Yeah. Hey, folks, welcome back to your partner in law. I'm attorney Rick Gregory. Hey, remember, you can call the office 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, we're only going to answer between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. But, but we actually still answer that but phone. But we still do that during time. And you can talk to Deanna or Keisha. And uh, we do offer free consultations. So... What's your excuse? You have no excuse. What's your excuse? Yeah. It's fun. We'll come in and talk about you, and or you talk about you, and we'll learn about you, and we'll give you some options. Hey, I want to wrap up the house here a little bit, Ted, because we've been talking about the house as being a key component of people's estate and how yep. for you know most people, you know, it's very important and how we plan for that, but it also becomes one of the biggest irritants in our Life, if there's a disability and we need to either sell the house, get a one-story house, we have to go to assisted living, and, you know, the equity in the house and, you know, all these issues. I mean, it goes on and on, and then there's the emotional attack. Well, there's a variety of different types of trust depending on where people are in the economic spectrum and, you know, just what's going on. We have specialty trusts that are VA trusts, we call them. We have what we call Medicaid Asset Protection Trust. We have... uh, Qualified personal residence trust uh, that has some tax advantages, and we also have this personal residence trust. There's a lot of different options we have, but what we need to do is talk to each individual about your individual situation. There is no one size fits all. That's right. And it's not this that we go to the shelf and say, oh, I'm going to get a Cupert here and I'm going to give that to Mr. and Mrs. Hanson. They, they, they get the Cupert Trust. No, that's the name of a trust. And then what we do is we sit down with Mr. and Mrs. Ted here and we go through all of the different issues, and then we custom draft and design those um, those trusts. These are definitely trusts that need high degree of tailoring and make them right. 
Um, so and, and a purpose, frankly, right? I mean, they're special a purpose, purpose trust, and, yeah. and and a lot of times we find these things with uh, you know family vacation homes and things like that are, are are kind of the common ones. But you can do this with a personal residence too, depending on uh, what your goals are. And then and then of course, Rick, when, whenever we're talking about real estate, we always keep an eye on titling issues, right? So. Is, uh, how is it titled, right? Sometimes I get people that tell me I have no idea how it's titled, or they definitely know it's only in my name and it has been for 30 years or whatever the case might be. So we run into these kind of issues too. In addition to perhaps Medicaid planning, we run into these titling issues that always crop up. Well, when we're about folks, property, right? if you're married and your spouse passes away and both of your names are on the deed, someday, somehow, the decedent's name is going to come off that deed. So uh, normally that happens through probate or if the house is uh, in a trust, someplace like that. It doesn't happen by caveat, though. So it does have to happen on purpose. So I want to shift gears a little bit here on this uh, part of the show and move over to the other asset that is um, becoming more and more important in estate planning here over the last uh, decade. I'll say by far nowadays seeing this as the primary asset in many areas. It's taking over for the family house in many areas, and that is your retirement accounts. So I'm going to use the term retirement account, which would include any of your employer-based plans under ERISA, whether they be 401s, 401ks, 401bs, 403bs, 457s, all of the ERISA-based qualified retirement plans, your IRAs, both traditional and Roth, they all are called retirement accounts. And the planning for retirement accounts has become a new art form, if you will, because Lots of money is accruing in these accounts uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, certainly in your employer-based plans. We've got some of our major employers around here that are matching 10% or better some yeah, cases. some 100%. And uh, so it's just really um, an opportunity for folks. There's still a lot of folks sitting on the sidelines at companies and not participating in their company 401k programs. If If you're one of those Start tomorrow. Get Absolutely. in it. Don't look at what the market's doing because it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Start start today and uh, get that there. But and Younger kids too. Oh, my no, goodness. No reason why you shouldn't be participating in some of these uh, here's the, tax here's, advantages. I'm going to give everybody the answer for their children. As soon as they have earned income, get them a Roth Absolutely. IRA. Any earned income. Yes, yeah. any earned income. Yeah. Get them a Roth. Yeah. So lots and lots of opportunities there. So when we're looking at your retirement accounts that are becoming more and more significant, of course, we start seeing more and more mistakes. It's very easy to open these accounts. Usually you go to either your employer, you fill out a form, you go down to, you just hop online and you open up a Vanguard account or you go down to your, you know, someplace. They're very easy to open up and very easy to stick money into up to the annual limits, whatever your limit is for your particular age or the type of instrument that you're investing in. Then you know, you go through life and not a lot happens. You're not buying and trading and it's, you know, kind of a passively managed account, mostly mutual funds. And then you're going to get ready to retire. And then, you know, what do we do with this stuff? (laughs) And what is it? And how do we deal with it? And the complexities of dealing with your retirement accounts as you age um, becomes rather interesting because for most of the retirement accounts, other than the Roths, you know, if it's your contributory account, you're going to have to start taking out 
required minimum distributions, that's RMD, the year following the year in which you turn 70 and a half. They've already made it complicated. Yep. The year following the year For in which you turn... most people, it's 71 and a half, right? So Why don't you it, just say it? it's, it's kind of crazy. Well, the Medicaid rule, you, you only qualified after three days in the hospital, but the day of discharge doesn't count, so it sounds like to me you have to spend three nights in the yeah, hospital. There you go. A little different. But anyhow, uh, the government does this just to make things tricky. Um, rule intensive. And the problem that we have with your retirement accounts, folks, is if you make a mistake in naming the beneficiary properly, they can have devastating consequences um, up to and including having that IRA deemed fully distributed, which means all of the tax on it is due now. So if you had a couple hundred thousand dollar IRA and all the tax was due immediately, you're looking at 40% of it, whoop, out the window. That was not your plan. That was not your goal, nor was it your desire, Bad but it result, happens. We call it. So when we get into IRA planning, you know, modern day IRA planning or retirement account planning probably started back in the very late 90s and into the 2000s. And by 2006, we had actually got kind of the defense, the guidelines from the IRS through a private letter ruling on a trust being a qualified beneficiary for your qualified retirement plans. With the caveat that this is not what we call the revocable living trusts that hold these types of assets. Right. And so what you might be reading on the internet and stuff, if you're looking at this, you'll see that the trust has to be what the IRS considers a see-through trust. Now, unless you're really intimate with trust and really understand the difference, you'll go, what's that mean? We mean see-through a trust. Um, it's kind of crazy, but it has to do with uh, can the I, can the IRS easily identify the measuring life? In other words, the person whose age will be used to determine required minimum distribution. And here's where it can get a little tricky, depending on exactly the type of trust, how it was written, and all the terms and conditions of that trust. I do see, as you do, many folks making some mistakes, and I see we're going to have to take a quick break here, Brian. So uh, when we get back from this uh, quick break, we will go ahead and uh, dig a little deeper. Wrap on up on this IRA stuff because, it's, folks, it's so important. So we want to talk to you about that. If you have any questions, give us a call, 888-973-5476. We'll be right back. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. 
You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregrick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. I have to tell you, what a relief for my wife and me when we got signed up for long-term care coverage. The more I learned about the fact that nearly three out of four of us will need some form of long-term care in our retirement, there are so many issues at play. For some people, they can't afford it and they become a burden on their friends and family. For others, you do have money set aside, but it wipes out everything that you've saved. And maybe most importantly, it's about having a plan so that all your children have to do is carry out your wishes. It's not a burden on them. And that's why I love the advice we got from Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. We started by going to one of Brian's free classes, and that's what I recommend you do to find out about all the different plans they offer. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book. Two, go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregrick, host of Your Partner-in-Law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregorick & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law. With Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Okay, welcome back to your partner-in-law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick. You can reach us at rjglegal.com. That'll get you to the law firm's website so you can schedule your free consultations. I know you want to do that. We do mean free. I have people that come in and say, you said it was free, but how much do I really owe you? I said, no, it's actually free so that we can discuss Sometimes things are what they say. Actually, actually it's true. I guess when they think about lawyers, they think about parting of money somehow. I don't know what they're oh, Nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> My goodness. Well, certainly if you do it right, there's less parting of the money. That's right. I mean, necessary. proper prior planning prevents poor performance, which also means better cost management and all those fun stuff That's that we exactly planned for. Right. Planning rarely results in worse results than not planning. That's true. I mean, you know, that's kind of the key thing. So we talked a lot about the houses and, you know, how we deal with those in estates as we're going through life and if we're having trouble in the preservation of the house and the protection of the legacy. And we started talking then a little bit about these pesky retirement plans because they're pesky. Ted, I wanted to, you know, for a lot of folks, you know, if you got lots and lots and lots of money, the planning's easy because it's fun and you're not all stressed out and it's just a matter of money and you just want to save all the taxes and all that kind of stuff. The hard stuff comes when you don't have as much money as you'd like to have and you have some sort of intervening incapacity or illness 
And then the fear of running out of money is ever present for probably the vast majority of us are sitting there saying, if I got sick, how long am I going to be able to take care of myself before I run my estate right into the ground and have to go on government assistance? Absolutely. And some of this we want to look at how you do your IRA planning because improper attention to your IRAs could prevent you possibly or a spouse um, or children from receiving government benefits because they inherited an IRA and their solutions. And we need to look at these types of things. But in order to do that, we need to sit down and talk with you. Ted, as you know, know, since you do so much of the elder law and Medicaid-type planning with folks, what's rather interesting in the IRA Asset Protection Trust that we're able to provide, we can turn on what we call accumulation provisions to where the RMD – um, probably in all likelihood would not be considered as going to the beneficiary. That's right. And therefore, it would not disqualify them. That's right. So and think of the ramifications of that, folks. You leave your IRA today to your child, and when you die, your child, let's say, is 35 years old in this trust, and this trust has provisions in it that when your child uh, gets older or during life becomes incapacitated, It actually has provisions. I don't want anybody to say, oh, it's a special needs trust. No, it's not. But it is a trust with other provisions that will enable the beneficiary to get their government benefits when and if that trust is properly structured. And this is a highly technical area. It's a very technical area area of the law. But but essentially, there's two types of these types of trusts. One is what we call a conduit trust. And we're not going to be able to get too deep into this. But essentially, there's two types. There's conduit, which simply means that the required minimum distribution flows out to the beneficiary on an annual basis. And the other type is the what we call accumulation trust. Now, accumulation trust, uh, don't get us wrong here, the, the required minimum distribution actually comes out as it would normally, but it's reinvested within the trust structure in another type of investment account, thereby not being paid out to the Medicaid beneficiary and pushing them over that $2,000 a month uh, asset limit. Right. And so this, you know, the way it, you know, it does that is the RMD, like you said, just stays inside this trust That's right. and the beneficiary does not have a demand right or things right. of that nature. So we've, right. we've built in these protections and boy, they're a godsend when they're there. And they, 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 they are I mean, because it, it's absolutely disruptive, Rick. It, it really is, you know, and, well, and, and not only in the special needs planning area, Rick, but when you're elderly and the 401k, for example, is your only asset and you need long-term care, you find yourself having to pull out taxable money every time you do that. And that can really be devastating on an IRA plan um, because you're taking out, you know, you know, taking out 8,000 to cover your uh, housing allowance and you're actually needing to take out 10 to cover the taxes, right? 10 so, or 12. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so that's really a tough, tough situation to find yourself in. So these things cut both ways. And so both in special needs and in general planning, they, they can be very problematic, not handled properly. It really is. So what, what, you know, what's so important for all of you to kind of keep in mind on your IRAs is for your own plan, there's not much we can do with it. It's yours. It's at your employer. Or it's at your Fidelity or Vanguard or Vestry or wherever you got it at. You got it at Financial Engine. So, you know, wherever you have your IRA, there's not a lot you can do with it. But but we, only you can do something. But only you can do something. <laughs> but right. then when it passes on to either a spouse, children, or grandchildren, that's when all kinds of things start to happen. And many of those things that happen may depend on your employer's plan. Some people are very um, unhappy to find out that their employer-based 401k plan 
upon their death is required to be paid out in five years and is not eligible for the stretch out over the beneficiary's life expectancy. In some cases, that could cost tens of thousands of dollars in unnecessary premature taxation of those assets and take all the growth of those assets out of the estate. So it's a... It's really devastating. Yeah, and, um, and and I guess Rick, from a from a basic standpoint, when we're talking about stretch, Rick, we're talking about anybody younger than you being able to take that money out and use their life expectancy because they necessarily will take out less than you over their lifetime. So these these provide great planning opportunities, for example, for grandchildren and younger people in your in your life that that perhaps generational money can be. Uh, created by doing proper planning with these IRA accounts. Uh, they really are a special asset, but they really do have they're, – they're this really cool asset, folks. I mean, you're either doing pre- or post-tax distributions into an account that's going to grow tax-free for the rest of the time it's in that there. And then if they're traditional plans that the year following the year, you turn 70 and a half, you take out your required minimum distributions. Roths, of course, continue to grow tax-free with no – minimum distributions during your lifetime. Now, when they pass on, there will be exactly. R&Ds for yeah. those. That's They're... misunderstood, too, that Roths oh, can be perpetually yes. held in a Roth account. That absolutely is not true. When you pass away, folks, one way or the other, that money's coming out, okay? The government's, the government's at the door, right? So You've, you've had your benefit. Yeah. They're now a tax-free, which is really nice. Oh, it's but, awesome. But nevertheless, it's, uh, it's coming out regardless. It, it yeah. is definitely uh, quite a uh, great savings tool. There's there's nothing better really to get people started and young people and yep. you know the Roth now. I know a lot of you folks that are up in years a bit and didn't have the opportunities for the Roths. You see all the stuff on the internet about conversion. There are times when conversion makes sense yep. and there are times when it doesn't make sense. But What's nice is that's something we can sit down with your financial advisor, maybe your CPA, and Absolutely maybe right. have put three heads together and come up with what is the right strategy yep. here. Because you know, just you know, jumping into a Roth and then you know, converting to a Roth and paying too much yep. taxes, you may never recover. Yeah, what generally that taxes. happens over a course of ten years or something like that. Yep. Ideally, right when you have that kind of, we need time some time plan. usually. Yeah, we need some time. But, but it's a, but it's a decent strategy depending on what the other asset mixes are. Particularly if all of your assets are held up in a qualified plan that's taxable, then uh, conversion in some cases makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, you know, during the market, you know, if we have other assets that have maybe a loss, so we're going to have a loss to write off against our income, sometimes yeah. that can be a strategic time. Now, that's going to be wealthier folks who maybe had some, you know, stocks or other marketable securities and maybe you lost a little money on them or yeah. you maybe you're rebalancing your account and you realize some losses and all that. So there's Lots of things that we can do on a more sophisticated basis to deal with those taxes, but we got to be working with you to do that. Yeah. And I think, Ted, the IRA Asset Protection Trust, we call them Retirement Plan Trust at our office. Some people call them just a standalone retirement trust, whatever. The name isn't important. The asset is important. But um, I think they've been one of the biggest um, advantages that have come to average Joe out there. You know, I guess we'll go back to Joe the plumber. As far as, you know, just average people, um, things that average folks have, we have houses, we have IRA accounts and things like that. And this has been an exciting addition to our arsenal of tools to help people um, do that. And that's what's so interesting on the estate planning folks, because population is the population is growing. It's evolving our attitudes, the type of assets. Well, estate planning has been evolving with that. Now, it doesn't evolve real quickly, (laughs) but it is evolving. And if I look back just 20 years ago, how many new tools we have today, Ted? We have Tedra. We've got... 
um, oh my goodness, all new power of attorney acts. We've got decanting statutes. Asset acts. We've got the Medicaid trust, the <clears throat> asset protection trust, the IRA trust, things that we didn't have when I started practicing law. Yep. They didn't exist. Yep. And now all of a sudden we are getting these tools to address modern day real-time issues. The challenge is nobody knows about these things. Well, not and, even many lawyers know about them, Frank. We have to educate people uh, about these things. Sadly, CPAs, right? So, yeah, when you get into this world, just because someone else doesn't know about it doesn't mean something. But, yeah. but it also does mean that you have to be terribly careful because whenever something's new, there's somebody out there that's probably wanting to try to exploit it. Yeah. So, folks, this should only be done by someone who is a qualified licensed attorney. No one else should be giving you advice on the actual trust instrument itself. Now, you know, when I work with clients, I obviously like to engage your financial advisors. I like to engage your CPAs, looking at that holistic you from the lawyer's perspective in creating that legal document um, such that we can properly tailor that to your situation and get you the maximum amount of benefits we want to, you know, that we can get out of that particular instrument. It must be that process or you're not going to get the results you want. Yeah. And with these, I I just love the fact that these retirement plan trusts, Rick, they focus on a specific asset for a specific reason. It has its own tax code rules, its own tax implications. And I just, I, I think it just makes sense. If it's your largest asset, put some focus on that have it managed properly, and then you don't have these kind of backdoor issues that you have like the five-year rule and things like this that have negative impacts on your beneficiaries that you don't want to have. Well, Ted, I think one of the most common mistakes that I see being made, and it's, it's not a mistake, but it's a mistake. It might be more lack of understanding. It, what it is is it's a limitation. When you do a trust, you try not to put limitations in there artificially. And this is one where people might name their revocable living trust, their grantor trust, revocable living trust, as the beneficiary of their IRAs. Now, we can put provisions in there to allow that. The problem is with the revocable living trust, you're going to be limited only to conduit trust provisions. And that means if someone does become incapacitated or we have an age issue with other beneficiaries, we're going to get suboptimal results out of that trust and every time. And the oldest person in the plan will be the measuring life, right. which so no, eliminates the stretch that we've been talking about. So you've got a, a younger child, they're 18 years old, and yeah. they're going to have to take out their RMD based on their 70-year-old grandmother who died, um, which means it's going to come out in three or four years <laughs> or yeah, five years. Which is a like horrible that. result. Terrible yeah. result. And one thing, Rick, we haven't really talked about, which we got a few minutes, maybe we can just get into this briefly, is is marital tax planning with these items that are in the millions of dollars and why you really want to be able to have these assets in a device that allows for marital tax planning uh, because if it goes to a beneficiary, we're unable to drag it back in and plan for it. This is one of the big issues that we have in these trusts nowadays is the marital tax planning issue. It is. Uh, and so, you know, we've kind of got two ends of the spectrum that we look at here, Ted. There's those folks out there, there's those of you out there who I'll say have less than $1 million in assets, regardless if that's your house, IRA, cash, whatever, less than a million dollars. Anyone with less than a million dollars needs to consider the severe economic and financial impact that a long-term disability could incur. And it can wipe out a million-dollar estate overnight. And I'm not meaning to be frightful or anything, but these are just but it's real. facts, okay? Yeah. Now, if you're fortunate enough and you have a multi-million dollar estate and you would be 
wanting to do tax planning, um, especially at the state of Washington level. Um, most of you will not have significant impacts by federal taxes presently, although we want to keep an eye on those. They're liable to get pulled back. Yep. Right now, we've got the $11 million exemption, but everybody knows that's only until 2025, and big question mark after that. Who knows? We'll all have to wait and see. But we need to, you know, want to just focus and get the right tool out there to you and make sure that you're getting all the advantages that you can. And folks, we'd really love for you to come on in and talk to us about that. Um, Give us a buzz at the office. We'll send you out our life plan organizer. Um, We need to know if you're married, single, or in a domestic partnership. And we'll get you the right planner out there so that you can get started on these issues. So there's very wealthy people that can take advantage of every tool we just talked about. And there's folks of ordinary means that can take advantage of these as well um, for more asset preservation. So there's all kinds of reasons. We're going to use the same trust in multiple situations, and that's where people get in trouble because if you're in the wrong situation using the wrong the, the right trust but the wrong terms, it doesn't do you much good. Right. So we'll... Uh, my goodness, you know, the show goes so fast. Time to uh, get my green beer on, Rick. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> well, watch out for the uh, DUIs out there and... Uh, We'll be back next week, folks. Happy St. Patrick's Patrick's Day. Day. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.